0: and welcome to the second episode of the Jay Bear podcast. I'm your host, Jay Bear, of course, here with you on kind of a cloudy day here in southern Indiana. A lot has happened this week. Typically, I am going to post these on Mondays or Tuesday mornings, but I'm going to get this posted later on tonight as I've got stuff going on the next two nights that'll keep me fairly busy. So hopefully you all Listen in. I've heard a lot of great feedback from my first podcast, which, for the record, is now on iTunes. Uh, It took me a while uh, to finally get that done. Basically, what I had to do was I had to go onto SoundCloud, which is where I post these podcasts to, and I had to put it in an RSS feed, which I'm not going to go into what that is. But then basically, I had to submit then uh, the URL for that to my iTunes And then finally, after about a day and a half, iTunes finally approved my podcast. So the first episode is on there. So if it's easy for you, for you iPhone users or you iPod users or you iPad users that have podcasts, don't worry. Uh, You'll be able uh, to now listen on podcast. I appreciate everyone listening. I had so much fun doing the first episode. Again, I heard great, great feedback from everybody. I heard some things from people that I could do a little better. And I've heard things from people that they want me to talk about Uh, For this second episode so thank you very much for everyone who tuned in I really couldn't be happier with how uh, the first episode went and we'll see how this second episode goes and uh, hopefully you all will be listening as well so on today's podcast we have another week in the books of sports so much has happened college basketball the world has been kind of shaky this entire week in college basketball Kentucky, you know, just laying eggs in two straight games. I'll get to them in just a moment. Purdue, who, of course, had a 19-game winning streak, lost both games, one at home and one on the road on a last-second shot uh, just yesterday afternoon. And then, of course, Louisville and Indiana um, doing quite well this week as well. And uh, also the Romeo Lankford craze. uh, That was in Madison just last night over at Connor K. Psalm Gymnasium. So uh, I was able to go over there and watch him play. He is a special, special player. We'll talk about him in just a little while. And uh, we're going to touch briefly on U.S. soccer. They held their presidential election uh, yesterday. And uh, the person I wanted to win did not win. Uh, I'm going to touch that only briefly because I believe next week my dear friend Taylor, who is as big a soccer fan as I am, if not bigger, he's very, very smart when it comes to the sport. Uh, He is going to be joining me, and we are going to be discussing kind of the future of U.S. soccer and uh, more on that as I get information. But I'm going to be working with him over the next couple of days uh, to try to set something up with him uh, for next week's podcast. So hopefully you all are going to tune in. It's going to be a great, great show, and I appreciate you listening. So we're going to start with college basketball this past week. Of course, my Kentucky Wildcats, I'm going to start with them. uh, Just really, uh, really, really pitiful week for the Wildcats. Two pathetic, pitiful performances by the Wildcats this week. You start off at home with Tennessee, a home game, and you are down one at the half because you can't score, which you they've got to fix that. I mean, my God, they've got to score. And then you have the lead late. You get an and one from Kevin Knox late to go up three. You're hitting free throws, but then late in the game, you're up two, and uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander Two stupid, dumbass turnovers by Shea. And people could say, well, Jordan, he he had a great game that game. Yeah, he did have a great game. So just because he had a great game, I'm supposed to excuse the two late turnovers he had or the missed free throw that he had? He's an 87% free throw shooter. Yeah, I'm going to hold it against him when he does that stuff. Are you kidding me? That was the game right there. And then you let Tennessee go down. Boop, Trey. No one guards the guy at the top of the key. And then turn it over again, you get nothing. It is pathetic, what I saw in Rupp Arena. Our fans, our crowd at Rupp Arena was pathetic. I'm so sick and tired of all these old farts sitting in the front row of Rupp Arena. That has got to change. Mitch Barnhart, who is an AD, I think he does an okay job. He's a huge supporter of the schools. I, I mean, I, I, I admit that but he does not listen to the common fan. All he listens to are the rich fans, the ones that donate to him. Does it sound like politicians to you? He only listens to the people that are giving him money. He's not listening to the casual fan. We need... Here's how you change and I'm And I'm going to get back to more of the games in a minute, But I'm, but this has something to do with what Kentucky was this week, and that's their crowd's pathetic. What you do, do what they do at Duke, at Maryland, at Iowa State, at Michigan State at IU. IU has one of the best fan fan bases in the world at Assembly Hall. Make the first several rows students. And then what you do, you build suites. You send all the rich people to the suites. You put students in the first few rows. That way, you'll have more than just the eruption zone, which is terrible anyway, because all they do is they're chanting, oh, let's go cats, let's go cats. They don't do anything creative. They never have. They never do, because Barnhart has got his thumb up his ass so much, he feels that Kentucky has to be the class school. You want to know who else does stuff with class? Democrats. Yet what keeps happening to them in elections? Exactly. So to me, when I see what Kentucky is doing for their crowd, it's pathetic. It is shameful that the crowd is like that. They only care about the rich old people that never get up out of their seats. Probably because they're afraid they'll break their hip or something. I'm tired of seeing that. That's got to change or Barnhart's got to go. Because he does not listen to the regular fans. He only listens to the people that gives money, and that's not right. Too many people care about the athletics at that school. Students, regular fans, anybody. People from out of state. I live in Indiana, and I care about it. But he does not listen to them. So that's what my say is on that. But Kentucky, you know, again, the Tennessee game was awful. Just what I said there. So now let's go to last night. They go to Texas A&M. I knew this would be a tough game. But Kentucky plays excellent defense in the first half. They take a four-point lead into the halftime break. You think you're pretty confident because Kentucky 11-2 this year when going into the halftime break with a lead. But what do they do? Eh, They're going to sit back and uh, let Texas A&M go on a 20-2 run. You let Texas A&M hit eight of nine threes in the second half? How pathetic is that? You've got to be kidding me. You sit there, and you're going to let a team pop tray bombs on your ass all night? What in the world are they doing? And I and I love it when people say, well, Jordan, they're just hitting shots. Jordan, why don't you give Texas A&M any credit for what they do? Because I'm only going to give credit to a team when they actually genuinely deserve it. And hitting threes, I'm not giving you credit for hitting threes. Congratulations, you hit threes. I can go grab a Division three player, and they can do the same damn thing. I'm not impressed when you hit threes. I never have been, nor will I ever be. I hate three point shots. I hate it. If you ha- anyone ever knows me knows I'm not gonna respect it. But what Kentucky did is they're just like, oh yeah, we're just gonna let them out here shoot. And they were hitting them. And you're not guarding them. You don't guard them on the three at all. You all you do is you let them run you out of the game. And in the first five minutes, their cats were done. And they quit. And that's what's infuriating more than anything. Look, if you play hard and you lose, that happens. But when you quit, that is unacceptable. There's nothing more I hate in sports than quitters. If you don't want to play, then tell Coach Cal, Cal, just take me out. And then sit on the bench and put someone in there. I'd rather have a walk-on in there busting his ass off than some supposed great player who's out there only for himself. It is embarrassing what I saw at Texas A&M last night. And Dan Dockich, whether you like him or not, he was calling Kentucky out because they were acting immature, they were acting like pathetic babies and children. All they did was they sat there and they moped because they were getting their ass kicked because they wouldn't guard anybody. They wouldn't guard the post. They wouldn't rebound. They wouldn't realize that Robert Williams twice had alley-ooped dunks and you stood there like, oh, what's that? It's embarrassing what I saw down in College Station. And there's no excuse for that type of play from the Wildcats. They better get their shit together. Because right now, and I said this on a Facebook post last night, right now, they are going to the NIT. Kentucky will not make the NCAA tournament because they will not pull their head out of their fucking ass. And they will not make the NCAA tournament. They only care about the name on the back of their jersey, And not about Kentucky. They don't give a damn about the fans. They only care about themselves and their future draft stocks. That's all these stupid kids care about. And for any of those that are listening right now thinking I'm being too hard on them, tough shit. They're getting a full-ride scholarship to play a game. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of people that would love to be able to go to college and have all their education paid for. But they're going to be in debt for a long time. I know plenty of people that are in debt, and they're going to be in debt for years because of the money and how much it costs to go to college. Yet these kids, all they care about themselves, and they're not playing team ball, and all they're worried about is the name on the back of their jersey, not the front. They don't care about Kentucky. And I'm going to say this again. If any of them leave, they should be ashamed of themselves because there is nobody on this Kentucky team right now, that deserves to be in the National Basketball Association. None. Absolutely none. Now, if they pick it up, let's say they win at Auburn on Tuesday, and then they're at home against Alabama. they got to win at least one game next week. They must win one game next week. They're not going to beat Auburn. I don't think they're going to beat Auburn. Auburn's only lost one conference game all year, and they're at home against Kentucky. How fired up do you think that place is going to be? Kentucky's not going to know what to do when they go to Auburn. And then they're going to be at home against Alabama, but they must win one game. They cannot lose any more home games. If they win the rest of their home games, then win one, steal one game on the road, and then win a game in the, in the conference tournament, then they'll make the NCAA tournament. But there is no excuse for the way that they have played this year. Now, this team is not as talented. This is officially shown how youth... The one-and-done recruiting classes can hurt you because Kentucky lost everything from a year ago. Lost everything, and they brought in a freshman class that just didn't end up being very good. Duke, people try to compare him to Duke. Duke's freshmen are awesome: Trevon Duval, uh, Marvin Bagley, Wendell Carter. I mean, those kids are gonna. Those kids are gonna be top ten picks in the draft. So, yeah, they're going to be a lot better. Plus, Grayson Allen is there, and whether you like Grayson Allen or not, which I don't, Grayson Allen is a senior out there. So, you know, it's something to think about. And Duke, Duke's lost two games in a row. I mean, it shows. College basketball is funny this year, but Kentucky is just frustrating because the players look like they just don't care. And they're only worried about themselves, and they mope, and they quit. That's all they're worried about is moping and quitting. That's all they're worried about. And making money at the next level. Leave. Hamadou Diallo has become the biggest disappointment I've seen. Because I remember how excited I was when he finally announced that he was going to be coming back. Everyone thought, okay, this kid's going to be special. This is going to be great. Look what happened. He's turned out to be nothing. Except frustration, yelling at Calipari, and, and just playing selfish basketball. So, you know what? I hope Kentucky proves me wrong. And if Kentucky proves me wrong, if they pick it up, I will come on this another podcast and I will say, I apologize for what I said previously. But you know what? you got to force me to apologize. You've got to prove me wrong because right now, you're not proving me wrong. Right now, I am saying what 98% of the fan base is thinking. So, prove me wrong and I'll happily apologize And come back on here. Again, Kentucky going to be out of the top 25, obviously. Um, Again, you got a game at Auburn on Tuesday. And you got a home game against Alabama. Two really tough games. Now, the SEC, let me say this. The SEC is the best conference in college basketball this year. People want to throw out Big 12. want Give me a damn break. The Big 12 is good. But first of all, the SEC already beat the Big 12 in the SEC Big 12 Challenge. And Kentucky... I mean, my God, it's a wrecking crew in the SEC. This is, without a doubt, the best conference in college basketball. I I really don't want to hear any other argument. The ACC has Virginia, Duke, North Carolina. Uh, I'm trying to think if I'm missing anybody. Of course, Virginia got beat last night. That was a shocker. Got beat at home to Virginia Tech. Wow. But, again, there you go. So, the ACC, not bad, but really they're top-heavy. But then I still put Virginia for the record. I still put Virginia as the favorite, although they got to score. Their defense is phenomenal, but they got to score. But the, the Big Twelve solid. I mean Kansas, who got beat yesterday as well. Uh, Oklahoma, who's lost six of their last eight games. Uh, let's see who else am I missing? TCU, who's been very very underrated this year. Texas, who has had games where they've looked really good. West Virginia, um, you know they go and knock off. Um, that thing knocked off Oklahoma at Oklahoma. But then they're at home and they lose to Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's beaten a lot of teams. They've beaten Kansas at Kansas. They've beaten Oklahoma. So the Big 12 is good this year. I'm not denying that, but I think the SEC is better. And the re and if it wasn't for the SEC Big 12 challenge, I'd say they're right about even. But the fact that the SEC won the SEC Big 12 challenge, that's why I'm putting the SEC above them. Sorry, I, I am. But to me, you know, you look at Kentucky's schedule. Alabama at home. Colin Sexton's a stud. He's a first. He's a top ten pick. Then you got Auburn at home, who's playing unbelievable right now. Bruce Pearl's done a phenomenal job. He deserves to be commended for what he's doing down there. But then you got to go to Florida. Obviously, not going to be easy. You got to go to Arkansas. Never an easy place. You got to play at home against Missouri. Should win, but they've already beaten you once. So what are you going to do? And you still have to play Ole Miss. No. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they have to play Ole Miss still. Yes, they do. They've only played Mississippi State so far. So. What are you going to do, folks? I don't know. We shall wait and see uh, to see where that goes. So, hopefully, um, I again, hopefully Kentucky picks it up and uh, we'll see where it goes. Let's talk about the other teams uh, in our area real quick right now Louisville with a big victory over uh, Georgia Tech earlier in the week. Obviously, uh, the you know, Cardinals looked good. Georgia Tech, not very good. But, you know, it is what it is. You know, you still got to win. And then today, Louisville playing at Pittsburgh. They're they're winning big right now. So I'm just going to give Louisville that victory uh, right now. So Louisville, you know, two wins this week. David Padgett's done a great job there. I mean, I don't like Louisville, but David Padgett's done a terrific job for the Louisville Cardinals. He deserves to be commended. Now we'll see what Louisville does when they face some of the big, big, big dogs in the conference because they still haven't played. Duke. North Carolina, uh, all those teams. Those are the teams I want to see Louisville play. I I really do, because the sad part is Louisville lost. doesn't have Donovan Mitchell. Now, Donovan Mitchell's a big loss. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he's, he's doing great things in the NBA. I'm looking forward for the record to watching him in the dunk contest in a few weeks. But to me, they returned pretty much the same team from a year ago that was pretty good. So I'm interested to see what they do against Duke, which for the record, and I'm saying it on here, and yes, me a Kentucky fan, When Louisville plays Duke, I will be rooting for Louisville because I cannot stand Duke at all. Cannot bear the thought of seeing Duke win. I mean, I hate Duke. Duke makes me hate college basketball. makes me hate everything about college basketball. And I'm sure some people say the same about Kentucky, but you know what? I'm a Kentucky fan, so obviously I'm going to go after Duke. Um, Louisville, to me... I'm impressed with what Pageant has done. If they can make the NCAA tournament, that's an ach- that's an achievement in itself. We're still waiting on the day when we get that word that the banner is coming down, though. And I think for the next couple of years, Louisville's going to be struggling, depending on who they get as coach. Who's going to be Louisville's next coach? Are they going to keep Pageant? Are they going to maybe bring in Billy Donovan? Who's there have been talks of him being out at Oklahoma City? Something to think about, folks. Um, looking ahead uh, to the rest of the teams, uh, IU. Um, Two victories this week. Two two pretty good victories. Actually, Rutgers at Rutgers pretty much handled Rutgers. I was kind of surprised actually by that. Um they, you know, Rutgers is a team that damn near knocked off Purdue at home. They almost knocked off Michigan State at Michigan State, and IU went up and just trounced them. So good victory for IU. And then a good victory against Minnesota. Minnesota's not very good, but still you got two victories and that's what you do. Gotta do if you're IU. You gotta you gotta get going. Uh, With IU, and you got to take victories as you can get them. You got to build the program. That's something Archie Miller has got to do. And, you know, he's been doing an okay job at it. I still think Archie Miller is a really good coach. You know, some people just aren't giving him a chance, which, you know, what? That's your business, not mine. So I guess we'll see where it goes from here. But I'm impressed with what IU did this week. Um, You know, it'll be interesting to see what kind of class they bring in. We're going to talk about a potential recruit, Romeo Lankford, just a little later on. So, if Archie can bring in a good class and get a lot of these guys to come back, IU next year could make some noise in the Big Ten, especially once Archie gets you know formally to work with them for a lot longer time than what he was able to after he got hired uh, this past year. So, kudos to IU, and uh, we'll see where it goes. Uh, The Purdue Boilermakers, um, right now, let me tell you what, right now Purdue looks, they're still solid. I mean, you look at what they did this week. They played at home against Ohio State got beat but you let Ohio State go on a 9-0 run late to get back in the game a game you should have won and then the put back when you had the lead you had three guys miss rebounds Isaac cost is seven one and I talk to Rob about this all the time and he says best Rob's a purdue fan and he says best he said he is seven one but he averages like what four rebounds a game you are seven foot one and you can't get a rebound and this was an easy rebound. It wasn't like the Ohio State player went to the bucket. It literally went through three Purdue guys' hands. It fell to the Ohio State player, and then he put it up and in. And Ohio State knocks up off. Now, Ohio State's a good team this year. Ohio State has been very well. What Coach Holtman has done uh, at Ohio State, he deserves to be commended. He deserves uh, to be a candidate for National Coach of the Year. He really does, because what he has done there is truly incredible. So c- kudos to uh, the Ohio State coach and uh, Coach Holtman and what they did. But to me, purdue that's a game Purdue should not have lost. I mean, you had that game won. And because of your inability of, again, a 7-plus footer unable to rebound, you lose. So that's a game, if I'm a Purdue fan, I'm frustrated just because that's a game you shouldn't have let, let go. Now, Purdue had been teetering a little bit. They played very close with IU. They played... Uh, very close with Rutgers, Michigan. So they've had games where, you know, you can probably sense that the loss was coming. So then you look when they played Michigan State. They led quite a bit of that game. But then late in the game, you let Miles Bridges pop one in for three. And, you know, Michigan State beat you. Now, Michigan State's a hell of a team this year. They're a really, really good team. Uh, We all knew they would be because Tom Izzo pretty much returns everything. And he's, in my opinion, one of the top two coaches in the country right now, him and Coach K. So... I'm telling you what. What Michigan State has done this year is special. That is a dangerous, dangerous, dangerous team uh, come March, and they will be very, very tough to beat. Um, I think no matter when you see them. So Purdue right now, uh, they are still the top four seeds were released today, and Purdue, I believe, was a I believe they were a one seed in the uh, in the in the listings. Looking at the top uh, seeds here. And, yep, that's what I see here. Purdue uh, projected a one seed because uh, they revealed the bracket committee uh, released its bracket preview. Right now the one seeds are Virginia, Villanova, Purdue, and Xavier. How about Xavier? Xavier's good, man. Travon Blewett is a stud. One of the more underrated players you will find. So kudos to uh, Xavier for that. Auburn, Kansas, Duke, and Cincinnati. Our two seeds again. Auburn, that's where Kentucky goes on Tuesday. Kansas, a team that you know is up and down, a team that lost a Baylor, a team that's lost a couple home games this year. Bill Self never loses at home, but teams are losing everywhere this year. I was talking to my dear friend Dave Campbell about it last night, and you know, we mentioned about what Kansas's problems were this year, and uh, they're a team that they're gonna be, they could be scary come March, or they're a team that could get bounced in the first weekend. So we will see. Uh, Three seeds. Clemson, who's been kind of a shocker this year. Texas Tech, who's been very impressive. Michigan State, only a three seed. It's kind of shocking, but that's a three seed I wouldn't want to face. And then UNC. UNC, the last week, has played very, very well. Won a huge game at home versus Duke, in which Kenny Williams just went berserk from three, as did Joel Berry. And uh, I'm telling you what, that was a fun, fun game to watch. That crowd was into it. And uh, anytime, of course, seeing Duke lose is always a good thing. But um, UNC, then they went to NC State, a team that had beaten them already this year and beat and beat them on the road. So kudos to UNC there. Four seeds, Tennessee, who of course has beaten Kentucky twice. Uh, Ohio State who just knocked off Purdue. Arizona who got beat by UCLA earlier this week. And then Oklahoma who's lost six of their last eight games. So, you know, I just, to me, that's, that's, that's not bad. Um, I question some of that seeding. I don't think Oklahoma should be a four seed because they still have lost six of their last eight. And to me, if you're going to punish some teams like, you know, Kentucky and other blue blood teams that are typically up there, then, you know, Oklahoma still lost six of eight. And a lot of those games have been at home. Um, Tennessee, I think, deserves a four seed, as does Ohio State. Arizona, I kind of go back and forth on, but Arizona is really talented. Uh, Auburn as a two seed is kind of high, but right now they've shown that they deserve it They've only lost twice overall this year once in conference play. So Auburn's doing well. Kansas Yeah, I mean they deserve to be one of the top four but I think two might be up there Duke I think is right where they need to be Cincinnati. I think is Xavier shocks me as a one But Xavier's been very underappreciated. So I get it Clemson as a three I think is a little high, but at the same time they keep winning So you can't really argue with what they're doing there Uh, Texas Tech, I I agree with. Michigan State, I think should be a 2. I think replace uh, Kansas with Michigan State, so put Kansas as a 3 and Michigan State as a 2. I think that is the good one there, but everything else I'm pretty okay with uh, when it comes to that. So We'll see what happens come March. I'm very, very excited. Always one of my very, very favorite times of the year is uh, March Madness. Uh, And I know my dear friend Rob, he's going to be talking more about that, and he always does a big challenge. I will, for the record, uh, looking ahead to future podcasts, I will be um, doing a podcast regarding March Madness. Hopefully, I'd love to get some people to join me for that podcast. Um, If not, though, I'll just run down all the brackets, but that will be a podcast specifically for that that week when the brackets are fully released. And also, uh, we'll preview conference championship tournaments as well. So that's my college basketball rant for the week. Uh, Again, all the local teams. um, I think Louisville right now. I think they're in, but they have lost a couple bad games. You know, losing at home to Syracuse, uh, losing to Florida State, um, you know, losing to Seton Hall. Now Seton Hall's not bad, but then you went to Kentucky and got destroyed. So, you know, I, I think they're in, but they they do have they have some work to do. They're like Kentucky. They have they have work they have to do. Um, so that's my college basketball talk. We'll talk more about that on another future podcast. Um, some news that came out today. It seems that the Indianapolis Colts are, according to ESPN's Adam Scheffner and Chris Mortensen, the e- the uh, Colts are eyeing offensive coordinator Frank Reich as the favorite to become the next head coach. So let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts real quick, because I've put this off as long as I can. I talked about this on my radio show, um... And one thing that needs to be said here, what Josh McDaniels did is cowardly, it's gutless, and it makes him a yellow-bellied bastard, is what it makes him. Now, if before he agreed in principle to become the head coach, like if he had told Jim Ayersay and Chris Ballard said, hey guys, give me another day, I want to think about it, and then would have called them and said, hey, look, I feel more comfortable staying in New England, that's fine. That is completely fine. I get it. But to me, when I see what he did, you don't agree in principle to become the head coach. And then after you agree in principle to become the head coach, you then hire coordinators and other coaches for your staff. You hire them all. So you get them to move their families and leave their jobs, and sign contracts for new jobs, and and you're just going to be like, oh, by the way, not going to come. Bye. That is gutless. That is cowardice. They're yellow-bellied cowards. uh, Coward is what Josh McDaniels is. The rest of the coaches are fine. Now, fortunately, the Indianapolis Colts have announced that that is the staff that will be there, which I understand whoever the new head coach is may not like that, but he's got to understand that I mean, that's not fair to those coaches just to tell them, okay, you're out of a job. So what McDaniels did, here's what I hope, and I was talking to people last night about this. If he does not become the next head coach of the New England Patriots, he will never, ever, ever, ever coach in the National Football League. Ever. He will never coach in the NFL. Because he has officially burned every bridge. There is going to be no owner except, except New England, That is going to want him. Because all he has done is shown his true colors. He forces people to change their lives. Move possibly hundreds of miles to a new location. And then he says bye. They're lucky that the Colts ownership and the Colts management has said, Hey, you guys are going to be on here for the new staff. They're lucky. Because... If that didn't happen, then they, then they would have had to change their lives all over because of what Josh McDaniels did. You don't do what he did and call it okay. There is no excuse for that whatsoever. He deserves never to be a head coach in the National Football League. And for the record, let's look at his a year and a half that he was in Denver Eight and eight one year, and then the next year he goes four and I think twelve, or not even that. I mean, he th- he only won four games and then got fired. So to me, maybe the Colts are better off because he has not shown that he can be a coach in the National Football League. He's shown to be a great offensive coordinator, and you know what? If your living is to be an offensive coordinator, if that's what you're always known as, so be it. I, I you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. If you're happy. Being an offensive coordinator, I applaud you. But what he did is gutless, it's cowardly, what McDaniels did. He's a low-life scum. The New England Patriots have shown that they are low-life scum. That whole organization. Robert Kraft, and I may catch slack for this, he has shown that he is a pathetic owner and that he is a bitter old man, is what Robert Kraft has shown. The entire management team. He is a bitter, bitter old man. I am sick and tired of people saying the Patriots are the greatest thing ever. But they're not. That is a gutless, cowardice organization. Reggie Wayne went there and left because he said they don't know how to have fun. Reggie Wayne, one of the all-time great wide receivers, left New England because he said, quote, they don't know how to have fun. That shows me what it, the true colors of the Patriots organization truly is. So you know what, McDaniels? You know what? Good for you. Stay in New England. Become the next head coach in New England. That's fine. Because once Brady leaves, you are going to suck anyway. Gronkowski may not even be there. Haven't you heard? Gronkowski's already getting eyed by The Rock and Sylvester Stallone. To pursue a career in acting. If he can become a great actor, he's going to make a ton of money doing that. Heck, he's got a couple Super Bowl rings. He doesn't want to, so he'll have money now. He'll make all the money. He'll get his two rings. He'll hold on to those, and then that'll be it. And he'll become a great actor. The Rock wrestled for years, did a lot of things in the wrestling business, became a seven time WWE champion. But then he said, you know what? I do like this acting thing, and I'm kind of good at it, and I'm going to make a lot of money. So, you know what? I'm going to go I'm going to go do that because it'll be a lot easier on my body. Now he still makes appearances. He still makes appearances for, you know, WWE, which is great. But still, you know, it's one of those things, you know, that it, it, if Gronkowski wants to, I I hope he succeeds cuz I do think Gronkowski could be someone that's fun to watch. He's probably the only guy on the Patriots I actually really like is Gronkowski. So, there's that um, again, but as far as the Colts, the next head coach is uh, reported this morning. It looks like Frank Reich is emerging uh, as the Colts' uh, favorite to become the next head coach. Supposedly, they are finding lo- they're trying to finalize out details and everything uh, to uh, for him to become the next head coach. And for the record, for those that don't know what Frank Reich did, uh, he he was the Eagles' offensive coordinator this past year. An Eagles' offense that was awesome, and he was previously. Peyton Manning's quarterback coach in Indianapolis. So he's not unfamiliar with Indianapolis. So I think that could be a very good hire. And what I've seen from a lot of comments, a lot of people think, you know what, that could end up being a blessing in disguise, what McDaniels did, because Wright could eventually end up being a really good head coach. And we hope that everyone else coming in uh, does a great job as well. And hopefully the uh, Colts, you know, Andrew Luck, hopefully he's healthy enough to where I can at least watch the Colts compete this year uh, in the AFC South cuz right now Jacksonville they're the team to beat. They've proven right now that they are the team to beat. But what's, you know, other teams. Tennessee looked good this year uh at times, then other times they looked really really bad. Then um, you know, the Houston Texans, Deshaun Watson is going to be back. He was balling when he left. So to me, Deshaun Watson, he's shown that uh you know, he's shown that he's very very capable of being a great player. Now, the thing about Deshaun Watson, remember though, is he loved to run, but coming off a knee injury, you never know what he's going to do there. So hopefully, uh, come the AFC South, the Colts will be able to compete. Again, latest reports from Chris Ballard. They said he will not need another surgery. Will Andrew Luck He is working with a throwing coach in California, someone that has worked with Tom Brady. So hopefully Luck will be ready to go come training camp. So that's the NFL update for you. Let's talk about what I saw last night at Connor K. Solomon gymnasium at Madison consolidated high school. That was of course, the Romeo Lankford show, a Romeo Langford, um, you know, one, you know, just a phenomenal, phenomenal, uh, athlete. Uh, he had a quiet 31 last night at Madison and by quiet, I mean, and that's the scary part, you know, you look at what he did in the game, he hit some jump shots, and uh you know he hit some he didn't miss a free throw I don't think and he's a great defender he's huge and he you th- you think if you walked away, you're like okay that kid's all right and then he had a quiet 31 but the kid's phenomenal he had a play where he got an intentional foul going to the basket I'll keep you know whatever you think of the intentional foul is one thing but he goes up calmly without missing a beat boom two free throws so he gets two points the very next play he gets a steal goes down the court Slam with one hand and one. And didn't even break, break a sweat. Hits a couple threes. The first shot he hit, he was at the volleyball line, had a player on him, and just threw it up, launched it, swish. <laughs> the kid is just phenomenal. Uh, and he's a great kid, too. I applaud him so much after the game. For those that don't know, is after the game, he set up a table in one of the commons areas at Madison to sign autographs for everybody. You know what? I applaud that kid so much for the class that he has shown in his behavior on this because he goes out there. His expression does not change. All he cares about is winning. He is a very unselfish player. There were multiple times this year where he could have tried to go to the basket. All he did was he gave it up and let his open players get a shot. All he cares about is winning. To me, he should be commended for that. I applaud New Albany. They have a great, great team. They move the ball so well together. That was the thing I took away more than anything, is how great Romeo is, but also just the fact that um, how good of a team New Albany is, how great they move the ball. Let me tell you what. They're sectional. Let's, let's say because they're in the same sectional, of course, with Jeffersonville and Floyd Central. It's at Seymour, which is one of the biggest gyms in the state. And. If they go to the final, let's say they meet up with Floyd Central, I'm going to try to go to that game, because to me, that could be one hell of a game to watch them and Floyd Central. That could be really, really special to watch uh, come up during sectional week, which is just in a couple weeks. So I hope that uh, I hope that that happens because I really, really want to see that game. I won't lie to you. So Romeo. Uh, congratulations, man. You're, you're a phenomenal player. You're a great kid. Good luck to wherever you go. As far as where I think he'll go, I don't know. He's kept his recruiting so secret him. And you can look on the crystal ball projections. Right now, the crystal ball projections have 41% Vandy and IU, and then 18% Kansas. I've heard from some people that he'll probably end up going Kansas. I've also heard from some people though that he probably could go vandy because he's got a good friend that's going to vandy and i u who knows i mean you hear so much about people but he's kept his recruiting kind of secretive i mean he he makes his list like where he wants to go public but i mean as far as that you know we'll see we'll we'll see what happens there and uh, i i wish nothing best for the kid because he seems like a great kid um, and and, I, and i'll root for him unless he's playing kentucky of course but uh <laughs> It, I'll, I'll root for him in every other every other game. I'll watch him because he's that great of a kid, and he deserves, he deserves to be uh, treated with such respect because he's a phenomenal player. He really, really is. And I got to see him play as a freshman, and he was good then. And now that I've seen him play now, it's just special. Kudos to everyone who came out to that game. That gym was absolutely packed last night. So kudos to all the fans that came out and bought their tickets. Um, a few more minutes left here on the podcast. Uh, again, I appreciate everyone who's tuned in uh, for that. Looking at uh, the U.S. soccer announcement from yesterday, and hopefully um, you all are aware of that. And it looks like, again, according to all this, uh, it was kind of a controversial election. Carlos Cordero who was already kind of in the establishment for U.S. soccer. Uh, He has uh, been elected as the new U.S. soccer president. Uh, I don't like it uh, because, to me, I want new blood there, and to me, he doesn't have it. I want new blood. I want people that are going to change U.S. soccer. I think someone that's something Hope Solo could have done. That's something Eric Rinaldo could have done. You're pretty much just tired within the establishment. That's pathetic. We don't need that. We need new, fresh U.S. soccer. Because right now, our men continue to be a joke. And our women continue to be disrespected. And I'm not going to go into this a whole lot. Hopefully, again, next week, uh, Taylor will be joining me. And uh, we'll be able to talk about this more at length uh, when it comes to U.S. soccer. So, uh, again, I don't like the higher... I think it's awful. Hopefully he proves me wrong. Again, this is just what I think right now. Kind of like what I said with with my rant on Kentucky earlier. Hopefully I get proven wrong. And as always, if I am proven wrong, I will happily come on here and I will apologize. But you got to prove me wrong first. So I don't like the hire. And uh, we'll see what happens uh, come the near future. All right. So looking at... Uh, At some U.S. Olympic. um, Let's look at U.S. Olympic hockey early, early this morning. I did not get up and watch it, but I DVR'd it. Uh, USA women's hockey takes down Finland 3-1 in the opening round of uh, the preliminary round of the uh, Olympic hockey championship. Uh, Pretty good performance by USA women. Finland brought it. They were a very, very good defensive physical team. Finland scored first. They scored with five seconds left uh, in the first period. Then USA puts in two goals in the second period, and then they get an empty net goal with less than 20 seconds left to put it away. So kudos to the women uh, for getting a first victory. The first one's always the toughest one to get, so kudos to them for that. Uh, next up for the USA women, for those wondering, it'll be uh, come up on Tuesday morning uh, at 7.10 a.m. Eastern Time, and it will be USA women versus the Olympic athletes from Russia. And as far as... Uh, what channel it's on? Well, that I don't know. Uh, it'll be either on, I believe, NBC NBC Sports Network. That's what it was on this morning. Or it could also be on USA. Uh, USA is also possible as well. Uh, USA played some games this morning. Uh, Canada beat the Olympic athletes from Russia there 5-0. So uh, again, but congratulations to USA Hockey. If you get a chance, folks, watch Olympic hockey. It is fun, fun, fun to watch. It's my favorite event of the Winter Olympics and just watch all the Winter Olympics. It's a fun uh, show to see. All right folks, we're getting now to uh, the closing moments. So I'm going to wrap up this podcast episode number 2. Again, this is now available on iTunes. Uh, just type in J Bear Podcast. It's J- dash, uh Bear uh, Podcast and uh, you should be able to search it in iTunes. And uh, I was able to finally get the approval from iTunes for that podcast. You'll see a picture of me in the background. It's of me wearing a red shirt. I'm kind of have a thumbs up uh, with a baseball field behind me. Uh, That's the podcast you will see. But, again, make sure you go on that. This will obviously, of course, also be posted on SoundCloud. Uh, So I appreciate everyone taking their time to listen in. Again, hopefully next week uh, Taylor will be joining me, my dear friend Taylor, to talk U.S. soccer and other uh, soccer-related questions and uh he and i will hopefully again be discussing that next week Uh, i'll make sure to stay in touch for that but again i'm going to get this posted and as always let me know your thoughts either message me on facebook text me if you, you know if any of you have my number call me um i'll typically answer the phone if i don't answer the phone it's because i'm busy doing something but always text me i'll always take time to text back uh message me on facebook uh i really don't care but i appreciate all the great feedback i can get uh for doing this podcast so folks have a great day. May God bless each and every one of you. And thanks for tuning in. This has been the Jade Bear Podcast, episode number two.